Hello friends. I am coming on here to talk about sincerity. This was the latest topic in my spiritual growth Bible study and I think it's so good. So very good and so very thought-provoking. So first of all, sincerity. It comes from the Latin words sine sera, which means without wax, separated from the wax, pure honey. Also, by extension, free from adulteration, genuine, unfeigned, real, wholehearted, honest, free of dissimulation. If you're not sure what dissimulation means, this is putting on a false appearance, a disguise, hiding under a false appearance, concealing intentions or facts or feelings under a false pretense. Unfeigned means sincere, not hypocritical. And we all know what hypocrite means, but I'm going to define it anyway. Hypocrite, one who pretends to be what he is not, like an actor, taking on a role that is not his true self. When we think about living as a child of God, isn't sincerity probably the most important thing? I mean, we can fast and pray and read our Bible and go to church. We can minister and sing and worship and we can go out and witness. But are we sincere? In all of these things. And to follow that up, here's, here's a tough one. I was listening this morning to something that was talking about how important sincerity is. How vital it is that we pray for God to search our hearts because while we're standing on that platform singing or preaching or while we're, you know, in a spotlight ministering, perhaps we truly believe that we are doing it all for the glory of God. But what if there's something deeper within that we just don't know that only God can root out? And what if some of these beautiful acts of service we're doing really aren't being done sincerely. It was something to think about. Um, you know, and I thought about it myself. I tend to think of myself as someone who strives to be very active as much as I can be right now. Um, with four children, I grew up doing volunteer work and outreach, and I was a social worker for years. These were all things that are very near and dear to my heart. And to be reading that, for, for what I was reading and what I was hearing, to put the idea into my head that what if, as we're doing some of these things, as we're gifting to people in need, as we're providing opportunities or... Um, who knows, you know, the many different things that come our way to help. 
are we truly doing it to help? Or is there a little part of us that we're doing this and we're crying out, look at me, look at me, say thank you to me. I need attention. I need love. Yeah, I think we come across in so many things in this world we come across this this underlying message that whatever is good for us, you know, what's in it for me? I'll hear my teen son say that sometimes. I'll ask him to do something. And why? What do I get if I do it? It's that mentality, I think, that maybe it's subconscious in some of us that we do things, we say things, we put on a certain persona in the hopes that somebody's going to pat us on the back, in the hopes that somebody is going to say, well done, good job. And now I'm not on here to do this Bible study to make us all feel awful <laughs> or start, you know, second guessing the things that we do. But I think as I read, sincerity it's such an important thing for us to really become more tuned into. I mean, none of us are going to be perfect in the things that we do. We're all, of course, going to make mistakes. We're going to have times that we do something, and maybe there's an underlying motive that we didn't realize. Or maybe there's an underlying motive that we did realize. Um, but to strive to be sincere to strive to experience true spiritual growth inside and out. If you remember in Joshua 24, the charge that Joshua gave to the leaders of Israel was, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. We can't just serve the Lord. We have to do so from a right heart. Romans 6.17 says, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And Ephesians 6.6 6 tells us that it's not with eye service, not as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. We are to be doing the will of God from the heart. Worship, prayer, service, missions, ministry, all of this, we must be doing it in spirit and in truth. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. According to Romans twelve nine, our love must be without hypocrisy. And 1 Timothy 1.5 says the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart. And then 1 Peter 1.22 says, You have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Whatever we do, whatever we offer, whatever we give, it must come from a pure heart, a willing heart. In Exodus, when they were bringing their offerings, we're told that they came and they gave with a willing 
heart. And the people rejoiced because they had offered willingly. They had a loyal heart. And because they had that loyal heart, they offered willingly to the Lord. This is why God tells us in 2 Corinthians 9-7, this is so important. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart. God loves a cheerful giver. We can give all that we have. We can serve and worship, and we can be on our knees praying all day long. But if it's coming from a heart that isn't pure, if, if the prayers and the worship that we're speaking, if, if these things are not sincere, so how do we know if we're sincere? How do we know that when we say we love the Lord, we truly are loving the Lord? And we know that God says, if you love me, keep my commands. He also tells us that we'll keep his commands and they won't be grievous. We will not be mumbling or murmuring or complaining, but we will joyfully be serving. We'll be spending time in prayer. We'll be spending time in worship. It will be something that's natural, not something that we do and then we check off a box and go about our day, but it will be something that just flows from us, flows inside out because we desire to spend time with him. We desire to tell him how much we love him, how grateful we are. And that sincerity, that's when our heart and our tongue are aligned as one. When we worship the Lord, it's not an act. It's not to impress anyone. It's not for entertainment. It's our life. It's a life of worship that just is. It's pure honey. It's, and it attracts others. It makes others want to know what it is that we are so joyful and so blessed about that we spend so much time with our God without murmuring or complaining. <clears throat> so we're going to move over to the spirit of the, the Phariseeism here because that was a big deal. And to many, it still is today. Now, if you look at the Pharisees from back in the Bible, Christ's day, they were actually pretty impressive people. They did a lot of praying. They did fasting. They were, I mean, they knew the scriptures inside and out. They brought them everywhere. They, they had these long, amazing, just super impressive prayers. They paid their tithes. Their garments were always just the right length. Um, they went to great extents in showing the life that they lived for God. But they weren't sincere. They were simply acting out a role that was given them. They prayed and fasted and gave in order to be seen of men. They preached, but they didn't practice their preaching. They looked religious outwardly. The borders of their garments were enlarged. 
This was a fringe God required the men in Israel to wear to remind them to keep the commandments. And they made their phylacteries. Those were the cases that held verses of scripture. They made those broad so that you couldn't miss them when you looked at them. They were very noticeable. They just, they loved recognition. They made long prayers so that people would hear them. It was all a pretense. And they were careful to pay their tithes. But the things that mattered most of all, mercy, faith, love, they kind of forgot about those things. They strained out a gnat and swallowed a camel. That's what Matthew 23 says. Jesus says in Matthew 23 also that the Pharisees made clean the outside, but within they were full of excess and exhortation. They were like whitewashed tombs that appeared beautiful outwardly, but inside were full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. They outwardly appeared righteous to men, but they were full of hypocrisy and lawlessness on the inside. This is Jesus talking about this. Um, he says that the Pharisees were self-righteous. They were quick to pass judgment on others. They accepted and rejected whatever was convenient for them. There was a shallowness and an insincerity in the Pharisees, the life that they lived and that they presented to the people. Their religious works were so abundant. I mean, they followed every tradition and letter of the law, but it wasn't because it was in their heart. It wasn't because of the love of the Lord. Jesus says, Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. What do we do? And why do we do the things that we do? We too, we can have the spirit of Phariseeism if we're not careful. Um... As someone who lives and dresses in modest apparel, I find often that it becomes a, a speaking point when I'm out, especially, I live in Wisconsin, it gets very cold, we get a lot of snow, and um, people tend to wonder why I'm out with my little girls in the middle of winter, in the coldest weather, and we are in dresses and skirts, and they want to know why. And it's funny because my daughter actually had a friend ask her the other day, and she went into this long, drawn-out speech about how God wants us to dress like ladies. And um, we do this because God says that this is how ladies dress. And it was really neat because her mom was sitting there, and they dress very differently than we do. I love them. Um, but it was an opportunity for, for me and also for my daughter to, more for my daughter to learn. My apologies. My phone never rings. I did not think to <laughs> turn that off. Anyway, so...
it gave me the opportunity to speak to my daughter and then also to her friend's mom about how this is an outward appearance of what's inside. It's, it's a form of holiness. It's dressing for the Lord. Um, and we can, you know, go through Bible verses if we really want to that talk about how um, there's certain garments for men, there's certain garments for women, and God has a specific way for his people to be dressed. But we also need to be realistic that not everyone is in that place. And it's never about what I have to wear. It's about what I choose to wear. I mean, we, we all, I'm sure, have heard Deuteronomy 22.5, the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. All that do so are abomination unto the Lord. Now, yes, pants were originally men's clothing. And there were also robes and dresses, which were men's and women's clothing. And they were able to be distinguished based upon color. So there was a difference there. But now 1 Corinthians 8, 9 says, Take heed, lest by any means... This liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. I'm not going to go too deep in here, but God intended for men to be attracted to women and women to be attracted to men. Part of modesty is concealing our body. Our body form shouldn't be, our clothing shouldn't be hugging it. No. I'm going to go back because I'm, I'm talking about sincerity here. And I just kind of went off track with this. We can dress super modestly. And if we're doing it because somebody told us to, or if we're doing it in a way that brings attention to us in the first place, then we're still not really doing what is good. Really, when we're talking about modesty... It's behavior, it's manner, it's appearance. You know, it's not announcing the qualities of our body. It's not bragging about ourselves. It's good to be modest, not just in clothing, but, you know, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. And that's what First Timothy 2.9 says. When we choose to do things, whether it's how we dress or how we live for God, it should all be because of our relationship with God. What we're doing to glorify him, whether it's our dress or our behavior, our speech. When we walk, when we're out and about, do people know that we're different, that we have something that's totally unlike this world, what this world has to offer. We're God's children. This world is not our home. We're not meant to impress people with anything that we do or say. But in all things, we should be seeking to do things that glorify God sincerely. We should never be doing anything because someone told us to. Um, 
I I think of so many times that when I was growing up, I was familiar with other religions and all the rules that they had for what you had to do. Um, Yeah, there were just, there were so many things that they said, these, these are like boxes that you had to check off. And I just never felt like that was something I could be a part of and sincerely subscribe to. And here, sincerity. Everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we think, it all matters to God. And it all matters so much to him because he wants our sincere heart. He wants us to do everything that we do for him sincerely. So that's quite a bit to kind of chew on, I think. So I'm I'm not going to say too much more for now, but sincerity. Let's think on that and start trying to be more conscious of where we are in our walk with God. Sincerely. We'll see you later.